gets it to first. The Rams were built to win the Super Bowl, and they have sealed the deal. The Golden State Warriors return to a familiar place. They're on top of the NBA world. They've reached the summit of the Ambulance for 2022 Stanley Cup champions. It is for Future Considerations, episode 138 already. Wow. Can you believe it? In the middle of summer, the heat wave is amazing. Matt and I lounging by the pool. Life is grand. Our first, I think this is great, episode 138, our first on-location broadcast. We're so excited to be in Los Angeles for the All-Star <laughs> festivities. We're on the rooftop of, uh, of the hotel. I don't even know if we're supposed to be up here. But there's a pool over there. It's a it's a great scene. So Rashad, if if one of us just kind of drifts from conversation every once in a while, it's probably why. And All right, I'll fill for you. I'm very knowledgeable. And while we're in Los Angeles by the pool outdoors, <laughs> John is battling raccoons and skunks <laughs> and markdown. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds safer than the cougars around here. <laughs> You trapped them. Uh, hey, how many skunks did you see as you walked outside your door today? Yeah, uh, well, none today. Uh, last night I saw one, and the other night I saw four when I was walking Ooh. the dog. A family of them coming right towards us, and then they, as soon as they saw us, they did a sharp right turn and headed in a different direction. Which was Ooh, good. wow, good! They for turned. You guys, yeah. yeah, yeah. They didn't. They didn't stand up and pretended to be the. Cleveland Browns offensive line or what? Yeah, I, I, normally they do, they spread out, right? So yeah. now they're at all four points of the road. Now you've got it in, in, a, in a barricade. <laughs> like that's why John's a great follow on social media, because if you're into National Geographic, yeah. like he basically lives his life <laughs> like it was a National Geographic magazine. He's always naked. <laughs> Looks just like a has, cloth. Looks like, cloth. <laughs> looks, <laughs> looks like he hasn't. Looks like he. He's out hunting for dinner. Oh, Why is that guy carrying a spear down the street? Again? <laughs> You'll see in the September issue. <laughs> oh man! And then we had a murderer on the loose a couple of days ago up here. Did yeah, you hear about that? come on! What's up with that? I saw your post again. A great follow on no social kidding. media. No kidding, right? Yeah, what happened? Well, like we have to say, uh, anytime we're in the media. Um, these allegations have not been tested in court, but uh, a man allegedly uh, murdered someone, drove the person about 40 kilometers um, to Walters Falls, and then got into a fender bender with the body in the car. And then when the fender bender happened, the guy got out and disappeared. And so then there was a manhunt for him for a day and a half before they found him. Imagine this guy. You've got one job to do. <laughs> His? Don't just, don't draw attention to yourself while you're driving the dead body around. Oh, he clipped somebody. Are you kidding me? This guy's the worst hitman in the history of the mafia. <laughs> Sorry, Gino. Uh, I uh, I clipped some guy. Yeah, I know. That's what we told you to do. No, no. And I was driving that guy away. <laughs> So what did you do? Like, you couldn't go for a walk? Well, I did go for a walk. Actually, my wife called me 
And she goes, um, you might want to come home. And I'm like, why? And she goes, well, apparently there's a murderer on the loose not far from here. <laughs> and then you solved the crime and caught him for the cops? Is that what happened? That's right. DNA evidence. You know, just a little kid I have at home. Oh, <laughs> man. Well, that's an eventful what a, weekend. What a yeah. weekend. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Me lounging by the pool just seems a little bit Yeah, less I mean, I took Cross to soccer on Saturday. <laughs> he didn't uh. score again. So that's about it. <laughs> so you didn't even fear for your life even once. Well, he did. It's soccer. <laughs> but <laughs> maybe a little bit different than you do, Rashad. Yeah, you never know what's going to happen in Grey Bruce. Yeah, and then John Rashad lives there, so you never know what happens. Never know. We're we're in Los Angeles on the rooftop of the Hard Rock uh, Hotel. And, and There's no murderers here. We're stunned by this story. Well, we're stunned by this story. You can see what's happening behind us. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Well, we have a lot to get to on this debate show, including the free agent frenzy in the National Hockey League. But let's start with baseball. He keeps going. He's down on a knee. He's got it. Bat is flipped sky high. And Juan Soto is your 2022 Home Run Derby champion. Juan Soto wins the Home Run Derby on Monday night, and the All-Star Game was Tuesday night. Did you guys watch the festivities? And where does this All-Star Game rank among the major sports leagues? Um, I like the home run derby. I, I like the way that they do it now that it's kind of a, a bracket. Um, it, you know, the, the only thing that I will find uh, and say, maybe for the first time, something negative about a baseball experience. I, I, think, I think they've got to cap this, the, the amount of home runs that get hit. In, because once you get into some of these rounds, like the one kid's got 31 and then Juan Soto at 32 or so, like 63 home runs, unless they're all leaving the stadium, it does get a little bit dry. But I do like the home run derby and I do like the all-star game. I, I wish they brought back that it meant something because I always thought that was somewhat ridiculous and entertaining um but uh, it's probably it's higher than uh it's probably the second best all-star the game is the best the festivities would be second best i would say behind hockey okay i agree with that completely um i love the skills for the nhl but yeah the game in baseball is definitely the best it's the most like a real game you don't have scores of like 20 to 18 and things like that. And uh, yeah, I enjoy it the most for sure. Yeah. There'd be some little things I'd like to add into that, uh, that game. And, and specifically in, in particular, I really hate that there's all-star players that don't actually get to play in the game. Like that should be part of it that everybody actually has to play and have a, an appearance in the game, but you bring all these starters and you know, you have to bring the all-stars, right? But there's only one guy that's going to start. He's going to get two innings. You can start another guy. Now we're halfway through the game. There are probably less pitchers maybe is the way to go about it. But I just think it's, it's kind of goofy that, you know, you have 12 pitchers and maybe seven of them actually pitch in the game. The band's playing here in Los Angeles. Here, that's who you what you hear in the background. Yeah, I know this guy's great. A steel drum band. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. The um, the game is the best of the four major sports. Uh, the home run derby it ranks behind the NHL skills and even the NBA skills, like the dunk contest. Even though it's fallen by the wayside over the years, but in the heyday, the three point shootout and the dunk contest was mm-hmm. pretty good. 
I don't know if the players mind if they don't play. <clears throat> just being named to the All-Star game and just hanging out there yeah. probably means something to them. Uh, I, like you, wish the game meant something Yeah, a little bit more. Um, uh, although there seemed to be some sort of uh, feeling there during the home run derby with Albert Pujols making it to the next round. Yep. Is this thing rigged? Like, there's a 40-year-old guy uh-huh. in the home run derby a- making it to the semifinals here. What's Beats going on Kyle here? Schwarber. Yeah, what's going on here? Uh-huh. Yeah. But, Former Dodger as well. Yeah, I don't mind it. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and I don't think, by, by saying it should mean something, the home field advantage is a bit much to yes. give away in the World Series, right, right. but it would be it would be good to for it to to mean something. I, I don't even know what you could value it as, but and Juan Soto won the home run derby just days after turning down a fifteen year four hundred and forty million dollar contract at the Washington Nationals, and now the Nationals are shopping him. If you're a baseball GM, are you making a trade for him? I know the guy's twenty three, and he's a really good hitter. But how much would you have to give up to acquire this guy? First and foremost. Mm -hmm. Considering baseball, you don't have draft picks to trade. Right. So you're giving up five players, six players? Six. Amongst your best. If you're the Blue Jays, the conversation starts with Bo Bichette. Okay. If you're the Tigers, the conversation sp- starts Take with Riley all. Green. Take them all. <laughs> Riley Green? <laughs> Come on. And then, after trading everybody, you got to pay him $500 million. Uh-huh. Because he just turned down 440 Yeah. I'm sorry. I am not making that trade. I agree. I, you would have to give up so much and mortgage so much of your future and so much of your salary. You can't. You can't make that trade. I don't know who's going to sign this guy. He's made himself unsignable. He's made himself unsignable to a bad team that he's already won a World Series with. He's already done everything he needs to do in Washington. Bryce Harper left. Nobody cares about the Washington Nationals. This guy is 23. He's one of the best hitters in baseball. He's still under contract for two more years. And what's the beauty about baseball and prospects? They all end up shitting the bed anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So if I'm getting generational talent in Juan Soto, and you can have him for a couple years, and you are comfortable that you would be able to sign him to an extension, do I think end of the day when his contract comes up he's getting 15 years at 440 million i do not i don't think he gets that oh, kind of money he's totally getting that money so there's really four places in baseball that could pay him that if i'm the new york yankees off to an unbelievable start and i've got to give up i don't know who's on your in your farm system i don't know who you young players that you really have to give up with the yankees are you willing to go get Juan Soto and then immediately sign him because he's in New York in a short porch and right field for the rest of his life? A hundred percent. I there's there's a very now for the Tigers. Does this deal make sense? No, it does not because your deal has to be for Riley Green, and Riley Green is not Juan Soto, but he's very very good, and I just don't think there's enough 
capital in that that farm system to to show it off. There's not a lot of teams like Florida has a good system, Tampa Bay has a good system that can afford him. So his window is going to be so small of who can take him. But you're telling me the New York Mets aren't going to find a way to carve together a couple of prospects that are in double A right now for Juan Soto? A hundred percent I would do this deal if I could. Listen, I'm not saying there's not a team that won't do it. If I'm the GM, though, I wouldn't do it. But like, if you're the GM, so let's let's be specific with, okay, the, Blue with Jays. the franchise. Are you the yes, that's okay. perfect. Okay, so the Blue Jays are rumored to be one of the teams yeah. interested. Yeah. Not only do you have to pay the guy five hundred million dollars, <clears throat> but you're trading Bichette, mm-hmm. you're trading Moreno, mm-hmm. and three, four other guys. Yeah. A pitcher, obviously, because yeah. Everybody wants a pitcher in a deal. Pearson, who's really worked out well, is probably going to be part of that deal. <laughs> like, I do it. I do no it, man. Way. I do it. No way. I do it. You can like. I don't think if you're gonna if you're gonna specifically look at the Blue Jays, they've got a, that catcher is great. I think he's. Moran, I think yeah. he's really good. The he's not playing every day. They've got catchers that have mm-hmm. survived. So is he a big loss? Probably okay. Not. Okay. Bichette, does he make the the team spin? No. Does Juan Soto make the team spin? A hundred percent. Does a bunch of your your minor league guys package together? Like if you're talking like prospects, you probably got to go one five, eleven and seventeen or something like that to get this guy. Are any of those guys even close to eclipsing what Juan Soto is with Vlad with? everybody else that's around him right now and in the window that they're in for the blue jays i i'm not a hundred percent convinced that vlad is going to stay in toronto once his contract comes up you've kind of created that this is your window if juan soto's only going to be there for two more years is that not your window i would swing for the fences and go for it you already fired your manager because you think this isn't good enough I have it hard. I have a hard time believing that firing Charlie Montoya for his bench coach is what's going to turn this franchise around. When you have to give away guys that are not Blue Jays that may never be Blue Jays anyways for the best young player in baseball, and you're going to have to have a, find a way to pay him. Like I don't even know if the Jays would win this year if they make that deal because their pitching staff's kind of gone south. Sure, right? Name another generational talent. First one that comes to mind, Mike Trout. Mm-hmm. What's he won? Mike Trout. Absolutely nothing. Won nothing because he's a loyal guy <laughs> who signed a contract way too early. No, it, I think it shows you that just because you have a generational talent doesn't mean there's a guarantee that you're going to win. You can't put... Mike Trout. Look, they got Shohei Otani. They got two. Yeah, generational talent. And they're at least 10 games under 500. They're not going to make the playoffs. But they also don't have Vlad. They, they don't have some of the other guys that are around them, the Matt Chapmans of the world. Because, like you, you are built. If you get Juan Soto in that lineup, you are winning all the 9-7 games that happen in baseball. And... That's uh, to me. It's if, if, if this is your window, and you're you're telling your fans that you're going for it, getting the best young player in baseball for guys that a lot of fans have never really heard of or actually seen play for the Blue Jays, 
It's like, I'll give you a guy that in five years might play for your team. If I get the best player right now in my window to win, I'll take him. And you don't really have to pay him because he's only $17 million right now and then he's going to arbitration. But you will have to pay him eventually. And there's no you guarantee you win. Yeah. You're giving up all that just so we can walk in two years? Oh, John, you're the Blue Jays fan. Yeah, I agree. Do you want him or not? Not a chance. <laughs> and with and with Rogers, with Rogers, you know that in a couple of years they're going to tighten the purse strings, and he's going to be the only good player they have. So if you're if you're the Blue Jays, and I'm selling you on on a three year window because Ross Atkins' time is starting to wear thin. Yeah, Mark Shapiro's time is starting to wear thin. The last time the Blue Jays really really made a push was when Alex Anthopoulos was about to get fired, and he went and got David Price and Troy Tulowitzki and all that stuff. Didn't keep any of those guys, but he put all his chips in and said, look, if I'm going down, I'm going down with one friggin' Soto. And if we don't make the playoffs and we don't win a World Series in the next two years and he walks away because there's no chance he's going to sign in Toronto and we're not going to pay him anyways, and I get fired... I'm sorry, Juan Soto and Vlad Jr. could not pull this off for you guys. What more do you want from me? And I think you pack your bags and, and you go home and Juan Soto signs somewhere else and Vlad Jr. signs somewhere else and everybody in Toronto hates you. It's, I mean, it's worth a shot. It's worth a shot. It's only Toronto. Yeah, really. I mean, <laughs> Ross Atkins ain't Canadian. Just go home. <laughs> you mentioned Charlie Montoya there, and uh, we were talking about how he would probably be fired as Blue Jays manager. Then right after we uploaded the show, it <laughs> happened. Uh, what do you guys think of the move? Panic move or the right move? That's a panic move for me. It's it's too soon for a team that you know has won three games, three out of four or something like that, or four out of five since he's, since he's been fired. But to me, it's a panic move. I don't think the Blue Jays are in a bad spot. Tampa Bay right now, the, at the time that we record this, is is one and a half games ahead of them in the division. Toronto is third. They're in the wild card right now. The only reason that they're tied for the second wild card spot is because the Mariners have won 14 games in a row, which give me the under on season victories at the end of the year for Seattle. The run differential, the Blue Jays are, let's see, fifth or sixth in the American League, which isn't awful. They haven't had great years from their pitching staff. It, it to me, it's just it's too soon to jump on. It's a panic move, and and I don't like it. And you didn't really replace him with anybody, so you, you replaced him with the guy who's in the clubhouse, everybody's friend, as the role of the bench coach. What did you guys make of uh, the Blue Jays? Uh, some of the players saying that it was time for a new voice. They're right. It was time for a new voice. This isn't a panic move. This is the right move because John Schneider, who is the bench coach, actually managed Bichette and Vlad and Biggio and was with Moreno and Kirk. Yeah, the he, minor knows, leagues. he knows the young guys. The young guys know him. There's familiarity there. You just said they won four of their last five games before the All-Star break. They're starting to turn the ship around. When the ship is sinking, when there's water coming on the ship, you just don't go, oh, I guess we're screwed. You try to do something to save yourself. The Blue Jays tried to do something to save their season. Yes, they're still in the playoff hunt. Yes, Seattle's 
not going to win every single game for the rest of the year. But you got to do something to take advantage of that. You can't falter when Seattle falters as well. You need to turn your season around. This was the right decision. I told you guys last week that they should fire the guy. And finally, somebody listened to me. If not you, Matt, and if not you, John, at least Ross Atkins pays attention to this podcast. (laughs) Well, in my defense, I said if he lost a couple of more games, he should be fired. So, I mean, I was pretty okay with it happening when it did. So when the ship is going down, John's (laughs) holding the pail. Right? (laughs) But he's not scooping any water out. He's just holding the pail. John is beating the pail in the side (laughs) of the boat and making the hole bigger. (laughs) I'm the dog. I'm the dog sitting at the desk with the fire around him. (laughs) Everything is fine. Everything is fine. Manny's already on the lifeboat 1A getting the hell out of town. Exactly. <laughs> uh-uh, I get caught in this mess, boys. <laughs> this is as I was hanging onto the railing, and just as soon as the water came up to railing level, I just step over and just I'm right in the water. No jumping. Uh, you know, as just, Cedric the Entertainer would say, when the Titanic was going down, the ship, the band was still playing. What black band would you know that would still be playing? Cool and the gang would be unplugged <laughs> and on the lifeboat and getting out of town. They're actually playing at the rooftop of the hotel that we're yeah. at. <laughs> Cedric the Entertainer is a funny man. That was a funny bit. That's a hilarious that a, bit. If is, anyone that hasn't is, seen that, YouTube that. It is really, really funny. It's a great bit. Can you believe what we just saw? This is incredible. You know, guys, I gotta be honest. I have goosebumps. Unbelievable. My God. And now it's time for our play of the week, and it's from golf. Rory McIlroy hits an incredible shot out of the bunker to score an eagle at the British Open, and it's voted by you as our play of the week. What did you guys think? That was nasty. (laughs) I love the British accent there. I love the British accent. You like guys with accents in golf, don't you? (laughs) We're Latino now. (laughs) How does McIlroy lose the British Open? I know. That was... a. Tough last round for yeah. McElroy. Yeah. Give it credit to Cameron Smith. Oh, yeah. That's that's a hell of a Sunday at he the British Open. great round. But How Mac- did Tiger do? <laughs> as good as my Keegan Bradley. <laughs> Never made the cut. Can't even remember your golfer's name, John, in the pinata pick last week. Did he even play? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. I can <laughs> You might get some money back, Rashad. <laughs> Oh, my God. Do you know what I noticed about that? Is that uh, Cameron Smith is now exempt to play in all the majors till 2027. Exactly. He's in. He's in. He's in no matter what. So he's exempt, right? Do you go to the live tour and take the money? 110 plus million dollars. Knowing that you can play in all the majors for the next five years. Yeah. What would you do, Rashad? 
<clears throat> oh yeah, I'm I'm going for the money for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I dare you to change the rule. <laughs> That's great. Even if they change the rule tomorrow, you still won the damn British Open. So <laughs> you know what? I just won twenty bucks because I bet that Rashad would take the money. <laughs> I got the odds boost. <laughs> Our play of the week is brought to you by London Awnings, quality that shows. And as always, remember to vote on our poll every week. We post the options on Monday. We'll give you four, uh, and then you can go on Podcast FFC on Twitter and Facebook, and uh, you can see what the options are, and then vote for them. Share it with your friends and debate lively and uh, vigorously of what play you like the best. I didn't realize they had sequoias in Los Angeles either. Yeah. <laughs> They're wild. They, they are. No, those are just the cougars looking at the guys in the pool. <laughs> we got to get in the pool. <laughs> so I'm trying to look up uh, Larazaval, my uh, pinata pick, and how he did. And uh, I can't find it, and I'm two pages into my Google search. So I don't think he did well. Hey, get, a, get your money back. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Now let's talk some hockey and uh, all the craziness that was the free agent frenzy in the NHL. We have to start with Johnny Goudreau signing in Columbus. Were you guys as surprised as the rest of the hockey world? I hope so. I, I mean, <laughs> who's, who, I, I feel like Johnny's uh, going back to friends and family. We're like, guys, I, I got the deal of a lifetime. Oh, man, this is going to be unbelievable. We're going to Vegas. This is going to be great. We're going to New York City. Oh. We're going to Columbus, Ohio, close to family. Huh. Okay. Do we have to go to these games? or? I mean, Jarmo Kakalainen might be one of the, the brilliant general managers of our time that he's able it's to swing good. this deal. Uh, and it's a player-friendly contract, uh, or team-friendly, I should say, Um Still, a, obviously, a great deal for him. I, I'm stunned that it's Columbus. Um, I don't like it, and I like it in the same way. I feel like it's a – I've always felt like you go there and it's a bit of a cop-out that, you know, now the pressure's off and maybe you're just not a pressure player and you didn't like the Calgary scene or whatever it is. Um, which, you know, that's that's his choice. That's all good. I, I don't love that move. Um, but also, I mean, if he's – trying to be close to family and he's got a good deal and that's what matters, then it's a good deal for him. So uh, I'm, I was stunned by it for sure. A little disappointed in the result, but uh, great for the, the hockey fans of Columbus. Yeah. I feel happy for the Columbus fans, but yeah, for everyone else, I mean, Columbus, I go out of my way not to watch Columbus. <laughs> so maybe now I'll start. And I was also surprised that uh, he was close to signing a deal reportedly with New Jersey as well. Another team that, I wouldn't have guessed. So he's from New Jersey. So mm-hmm. that's why New Jersey was in the running. Right. But I think you hit the nail on the head. He's not a pressure cooker mm-hmm. city guy. Yeah. Like, so he gets out of Calgary, which is a total hockey market. For sure. Right. The Flames fans are very passionate. So the other option was to go to New Jersey, where all his friends and family were. Yeah. And he's admitted that he didn't like it so much because all his friends and family would be asking him for tickets all the time sure. and bothering him all the time to go to the games, and they would be talking about every single game that he played. Yep. 
So if he doesn't like that, that tells me he doesn't like the pressure. And he's not going to Philly because they suck. Right. And Philly was nearby. But he still gets paid. He's going to get his 9.7 mil a year yep. for seven years to play in Columbus. Yep. Sleepy Columbus. I'm mm-hmm. sure it's a great city, but it really, let's be honest, in the hockey world, it is a sleepy city. Yep. But it's still close enough to Jersey that he yeah. can fly and he doesn't have to deal with the COVID rules in Canada, which I understand was another issue mm-hmm. uh, that he didn't like very much about playing in Canada and his family didn't mi- didn't like the COVID rules either. So he goes to sleepy Columbus to make his millions. Now, does it make Columbus a better team? Well, sure it does. But now Columbus has got to find a way to build around him. <clears throat> yeah. They paid... Go to Branson, four mil a year for the next four years because they're desperate for defense. Yeah, they need to find a way to build up their back end to support Goudreau and Line A and some of the other young forwards that they have coming up. Mm-hmm. The Line A thing too. I mean, I, I, I don't like him. And- right, but <laughs> does this make Line A stay? Sure, I'm sure or it does. does Yarmo go, you don't want to be here? Get the hell out and I'll yeah. find I'll spend the money on D. And he will. Right? Yeah. I'll spend the money on D using the money to pay you, Lonnie. I'll spend the money on D and use my young forwards to build around Goudreau and hope for the best. Yeah. The only the only comparison I could find, and this is probably just being biased from where we are and, and obviously being so close to the Toronto market, is I remember Stamkos. Um, and, uh, you know, every time anybody becomes a free agent, of course, they're signing with Toronto. Of course. And the narrative after that was that he was, he wanted to be in Tampa. He wanted to be invisible. He wanted to be able to go out in, on the town and not be bothered and all that stuff. And then turns into one of the great captains of, of the last 10, 15 years. Do I think Johnny Goudreau can pull that off in Columbus? Absolutely not. And I also don't think he really is that interested in doing it. Yeah, either. I don't think he wants to. Yeah. Although it's good for us, John, because we're fairly close to Columbus. We can go to games now. Yeah, they come to Detroit 22 times a year. Let's if you look go. at some of the schedules. And speaking of Detroit, uh, what about your Red Wings, Matt? Did you like the moves they made? They made a lot of them. Thrilled, John. Thrilled. Thrilled. <laughs> Thrilled. Derek Lalonde, coach of the year. Oh, my God. Maybe next year. But... <laughs> Andrew Kopp, I'm a big fan of. We talked about him at the trade deadline when when he went to the Rangers, and I thought that was a great deal. Ben Sherratt, uh, only Mata, good veteran defensemen that are going to be able to eat minutes that you don't need a whole lot from because you've got some younger guys that are coming through. David Perron's a consummate pro. Kubalik could be a, a good flyer for a couple of years. Um, I think it's great. I, I think that uh, that Stevie's hitting on on all cylinders and from all accounts. He had a pretty good draft, um, and this is at least you know the, it's it's seeming to come to that time. And there's always the that uh, wavering period when you're rebuilding of you're filling in spots short term with older guys that aren't a ton of money. And just buying time for for some of the new kids. So I mean, I don't. Do I think this is a playoff team next year? No, um, they're certainly closer. And I think the wheel the year after that, the wheels better come off. I don't know. I think you guys are close to a playoff. Like the only deal I don't like is Ben Sherratt. You're paying him almost five million a year for four years. 
Defensemen are expensive these That's days. That's a lot yeah. of money. But yeah. I do like the other moves. Yeah. Barang, Kubalik. And uh, Huso. I, I, yeah. I like uh, I like Nedeljkovic. Um, but uh, for, for Huso to be there and to be able to challenge for, for that too, I mean, uh, the Wings got a lot of room to make up, right? They, they finished 74 points last year. The eighth seed in the playoff had a hundred. So are they making up? Is that a twenty-six point swing that they just pulled off? I don't think so. But you know, another year of Raymond, another year of Cider, Edvinson coming up, some of these other younger guys uh, forwards that are coming up. Uh, now you're you're talking. I think the Wings should be in the conversation at the end of the year, but just miss out. But the year after that is it's it's time to get back to the party. And we had a few questions from listeners, and they were all uh, basically the same sort of question. Which teams do we think improve themselves the most in this NHL offseason? Well, I, I think you definitely start with uh, with Detroit there because they obviously turned the corner, and Steve Eiserman used his cap room wisely to improve his hockey club. But two other teams really stand out for me, like – you look at the moves in totality by the Ottawa Senators, mm-hmm. that's really good. And now their top six are Very as good. good as anybody in the NHL. You add a Giroux, you add a Debrinkat, mm-hmm. you got Kachuk, you got Stutzlow, you got <laughs> Norris, you got Batherson. Holy crap. And really, I think they improved their goaltending by getting Cam Talbot and getting rid of Matt Murray in that contract. Mm-hmm. So I like what Ottawa did. And the other team that stands out for me, Carolina, okay. who basically gave up nothing yeah. to get Brent Burns and Max Pacioretty. Yep. Now, they're two older guys. But if you look at Carolina, their window to win is right now. Yeah. And they need another sniper. All Pacioretty does is score goals. Doesn't play defense very well. <laughs> no. But he can score goals. And Brent Burns, yes, he's getting up there in age two, but he pushes the play offensively and holds his own defensively. If Carolina can stay healthy, those two additions are huge for the Hurricanes. And I didn't mind I didn't mind what the Oilers did too. Yeah. You know, they got a Vander Kane pretty cheap. Yep. Um they got a goaltender and Jack Campbell. Am I sold on Jack Campbell? No, not really. Right. But I don't mind what they did to try to keep their window open for McDavid. Manny, I was just going to touch on uh, Brent Burns, too. Um, I think the Sharks uh, keep a third of his salary, too, which makes him a better value at his age as yeah. well. Yeah, that's a great call, John. Great call. I, I think you're selling your Montreal Canadiens short, Manny. Oh, here we go. <laughs> we're in, we're you guys in, are now believing. We're in Vegas. It took you long we're, enough. Right now we're in Los Angeles. Yeah, the cicadas are playing. The cicadas are playing. Uh, the Hootie and the Blowfish is coming up after this. <laughs> I think they had a great draft. I think they swung uh, quite a bit in the uh, in in some of those moves that they made. They're taking chances on on the Kirby Docks of the world. Um, I think overall, for a first year GM uh, ever uh, turn agent turn GM, I think it's a pretty decent off season. It, what does it translate to? Probably not much, but uh, I think it's a it's a nice step in the right direction. Yeah. The only reason I didn't make them a winner is because, like your Red Wings, I don't think they're a playoff team yet. But I don't mind that mm-hmm. because, A, they don't really know who's going to play goal. Is Carey Price coming back or is it going right. to be Jake Allen? 
but you did get out of Jeff Petrie's contract yes. and you didn't <clears throat> hold back any money in that contract, mm-hmm. right? You got Matheson. Is he the same player as Petrie? No, Petrie's the bigger name, but the arrows are pointing in different directions. Um, there's a lot of talk about the Habs getting Pierre-Luc Dubois. I wouldn't trade Juan yeah. Soto for him. Yeah, you don't want that guy. I, I don't want him. Like Everybody knows he's leaving Winnipeg in two years, yeah. so why would I trade all my prospects for him now when our window to win is not now? And quite honestly... I need to see Pierre-Luc Dubois play a little bit better before I even try for to sure. sign him as a free agent or even make any deal for him. He's 100% the guy of like, okay, you need to show me something first. Right. We, we've gone past the, right. I don't like it here, I don't like it here. Maybe you're just not a great player then. Or a great teammate, yeah. right? Like you bailed on Columbus. With two years left, you're bailing on Winnipeg? Yeah. Like, who are you? And if you ask most of the players who play in Winnipeg, they love playing in that market. Right? So if, yeah. if you don't love it there, maybe you don't love it anywhere. Maybe you're the problem. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> Are you ready? And now it's time for Rapid Fire, and we have a few more questions from listeners to get to. Michael in Chatham wonders if Major League Baseball should get rid of interleague play to make the All-Star game more interesting. Oh, that's an interesting thought. You think so? Yeah, because there's a bit of mystery around that, right? How would the American League do against the National League? Because we never see the American League play National League. Okay. I think that's what Michael's getting at. Okay. That's an interesting thought. I don't think it makes a big deal difference, to be quite honest with you. You throw the ball, you hit the ball, right? Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if it would make the All-Star game that much more interesting. I think there's probably other ways to spice it up. But that's not a bad idea, Michael. I, let me think about it more. <laughs> I, need, I need to understand the question a little bit better, Michael. Getting rid of interleague play during the regular season so that the All-Star game is more exciting? I think that's what he's getting at is because the National League and the American League teams wouldn't play each other in the regular season. The only time they would play is at the All-Star game and in the World Series. Michael, this is dumb. <laughs> I'm so I'm sorry, Michael. This is dumb. You want to cut out half of the baseball market. I mean, I know in interleague you only play 5 teams. So, but you're going to cut half of baseball apart for one meaningless game in the middle of the year? You're telling me that if if I'm a Detroit Tigers fan, which would suck, <laughs> that I, I'm I'm not going to see – there's no chance the- that I'm going to see Max Scherzer, Ronald Acuna Jr., Bryce Harper, whoever plays for Miami, uh, Juan Soto, the guy with the long hair in Milwaukee, Pujols. Josh Hader. Anybody from Pittsburgh. Anybody from the Cubs? Yeah, you Joey, can, Matt. Joey Votto. You can go to Pittsburgh. The entire now you're making it. Now I gotta pay to go. <laughs> it's a good thing they're giving away gas right now. I could just drive down to Pittsburgh. Hey, do you want to go to? A, do you want to go see the Padres next week? Yeah, I would go see that in Detroit. I would go see that. Okay, I think this is a terrible idea. <laughs> you can't cut off some of the greatest stars of the game from ever coming to your stadium, so that as a Tiger fan, we can play Kansas City more. 
You still have to fill 162 games a year. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not excited about seeing the Texas Rangers eight more times because I'm not playing the Los Angeles Dodgers or the San Francisco Giants anymore. Or the, this is dumb, Michael. Dumb. <laughs> now that I hear you. I think it's a great idea. I know idea. you think it's a great idea now. Let's Oh yeah, so now that we can we can all play I don't want to see the Pirates in Detroit. We can all They're terrible. Nobody does. And they always end up playing the Pirates like yes. twice every year. Every year. Every year. It's a great idea. And we also have a question from Josh in Providence, Rhode Island. He says he's a big Otani fan and he asks which athlete from years gone by does Otani remind you of? Ooh. Well, that's a tough Ooh, question. That's a tough one. Um, well, you look at Otani. Uh, he's a trendsetter, right? Yeah. Like he pitches and hits. Yeah, like I mean, Babe Ruth did this, yeah. but not at the same time either. Right. <laughs> uh, you know what? Think of two sport athletes. Bo Jackson. I was going to say Dion. Okay, so two sport athletes, yep. right? Which it's even different because. Like, Bo Jackson didn't pitch. No. You know, Dion didn't pitch. He's done it in the same game. You know, like, he's literally homered and struck guys out in the same baseball game. Right. So, but, no, I I mean, somehow, I truly think Otani is undervalued by baseball. Right now, I was just thinking the exact same thing. Because in 50 years from now, or even 25 years from now, when his career is over... And you and I are sitting around with John doing this podcast still. We will be saying how much we undervalued Otani at the time he was playing the game. I completely agree. And also, I, I you know, I just I still think there's a timeline on this. Like at, at some point, this he can't be able to no. do both. Like you know, he might have a 15 year career, but at year eight, is it going to be like okay, we need you to just hit now? We're you know, or we need you to just pitch or pick something. Your body's falling apart. I think well, it'll be sooner rather I think than it's the, later. I think it's the rarest thing in sports I've ever seen, and I think it's a, a huge detriment to itself that baseball does not use this guy well. Right, or the fans don't really understand what we're watching. Like, yeah. if I think of Bo Jackson, not, not only did he play baseball and football, he was an all-star yeah. in both. Like, he paved the way for Dion, which was another great, option out there like but Bo Jackson was incredible and his career got cut down by injuries because he was trying to be a two-sport athlete yeah like that's what I'm afraid we're going to see with Otani sooner for sure rather than later what about you John do you have one yeah I was gonna go with Bo Jackson that was the one I was thinking Mm -hmm. of too a two-sport athlete because there's there's nothing quite like it that we've seen in our lifetime I agree with you, John. That's a great pull. <laughs> Screw you. <laughs> That's a great hit on Bo there, uh, John. Great thinking. That's right. And oh. since Manny, Manny says we'll be sitting around discussing this in 20 years, so I did the math. That's episode 1,178 of this podcast. We'll yeah, be that, that sounds about right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we'll look forward to that one. We'll pencil this conversation in for that episode. We'll yeah. have Crosby on as in the OT. He'll <laughs> yeah. be uh, getting ready to make his debut in the league, right? He'll, yeah, and he'll be calling us terrible names by then. You guys are out to lunch. <laughs> We're still debating about the same stuff, too. 
I would not have traded for Juan Soto. Juan Soto's been dead for years. I still wouldn't have traded him for him. You know who the never should have gotten rid of in Toronto? Charlie Montoya. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, that's hilarious. uh, Speaking of uh, that episode 20 years from now, I I saw a little article over the weekend. Uh, The average number of episodes podcasts get up to before they stop? Four. Wow. Wow. We're way past the finish line on that. Let's let's be the longest running podcast in podcast history. What is what do we know what that is, John? Oh the I, longest I running up. consecutive podcast. Okay, you what look, do you think the pump it or dump it's gonna be in oh. It's just gonna be <laughs> fart sounds. <laughs> and Drake. But, uh, uh, but they do that already. <laughs> That's true. What did the fox say? <laughs> and speaking of pump it or dump it. Oh, what a transition. What a Maybe Machine Gun Kelly will have a good song in 20 years. Don't you know, pump it up. You got to pump it up. Maya in London is a big Harry Styles fan, and she submitted this song. In this world, it's just the. The song is called As It Was by Harry Styles. If you listen to Top 40 Radio, you'll hear it for sure. What do you guys think? Pump it or dump it? I know Maya. Oh, okay. Okay, so I'm putting all the cards on the table. Yep. In fact, Maya's my niece. She just celebrated her birthday. Happy birthday again, Maya. You know how I feel about Harry Styles. This is the worst freaking song in the history. <laughs> 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 pump it or dump it on for future consideration. In their history. Yes. All 1,138 episodes or whatever. It we're will be. Yeah. Nothing will top Harry Styles. <laughs> you know what's funny? I, I have a buddy who hosts an evening show on a bunch of radio stations in the U.S. He has predicted this will be the number one song of 2022. What? Wow. This? This? Yep. Yep. This song you just played for us? Yeah. He says wow. women absolutely love this song and request it constantly i really thought this song was like three years old when i heard it oh because it's you've heard it that much i've just no i've just heard this song like there is nothing original or interesting in this song whatsoever it just sounds like like i was in an elevator going up to my doctor's office (laughs) six years ago and heard this song (laughs) it's this is about as as vanilla and uninspiring as as I think I've heard of a song. It's all right. I don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't buy the single, but so John, are you pumping it? No, you, I, you're I, a top forty guy, John. Though yeah. I know, and it's funny because as soon as my friend said that, he's like, "Oh, you got to check out this new Harry Styles song, number one song of the year." I listened to it. And I went, wow, that's really underwhelming. Same thing as Matt. I'm like, what a vanilla, boring song. But it gets stuck in your head after you hear it once all the way through. You can't get it out of your head, even though you don't like it. Uh, so no. does what does the fox say? <laughs> you know you're singing that one right now. Ding, 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 ding
<laughs> so it's a unanimous dump, right? Well, I, it's a hard dump for me. <laughs> like I'm sitting on the toilet for a long time for this song. <laughs> this is Chinese buffet for Manny. But then he's hungry 40 minutes later. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, hey, the Chinese the buffets are opening again, right? Pandemic's over. All the buffets are, are open again. When was the last time we, you were at a buffet? I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah. Long time ago. I bet you if we walk into one tonight, Harry Styles will be playing <laughs> in the buffet restaurant. <laughs> Well, that does it for another debate on rapid fire. (laughs) Another good debate overall, John. And we're not done yet this week. Join us on the OT, which drops on Friday. When we take advantage of all the baseball talk this week, and we talk to Blue Jays reporter Mike Wilner. He's a big fan of yours, John. Really? Well, I'm a huge fan of his, too. I enjoy his writing in the Toronto Star. Okay. There we go. You have a Mike Mike Wilner t-shirt, don't you? (laughs) (laughs) It says, I will, Wilner. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Oh, my God. Good night, everybody. (laughs) If you have any show suggestions or guest suggestions (laughs) or questions for an upcoming debate, make sure you send us an email at fourfutureconsiderations at gmail.com. Even host suggestions or producer suggestions (laughs) for future considerations at gmail.com. And we are always posting on social media. Elon, you got company. Follow us on Podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram and for future considerations on Facebook. Not only do we thank you for listening, we want to thank our sponsors, Shane Topolovic of Next Level Athletics in Windsor, specializing in sport training and nutrition. Have you talked to him? Uh, I saw him like two weeks in a row at the soccer pitch. Wow. Yeah. Is his game getting any better? No. No. (laughs) (laughs) This kid's the worst player on my U5 team. (laughs) And he's 45. That's crazy. (laughs) And we want to thank uh, our other sponsor, London Awnings Quality. That shows too. Thanks for listening to this episode, everybody. And we will talk to you, as we said, on the OT on Friday with Mike Wilner, the next edition of Four Future Considerations. That was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. In my opinion, that sucked. Their mentality's awful. Their attitude's awful. It's been their MO for the last three years. Tonight I saw and heard one of the most disgusting, rudest, sick demonstrations in my entire career, probably the worst. It's garbage, and the editor that let it come out is garbage. You're still here? It's over. Go home.